Welcome to The King's Table, a podcast out of King's Hill Church in Boston where we seek to elevate the Bible over opinion, answering the questions you have. I'm your host, Jonathan Mosley. Now, we've recently fielded questions from our church as we've gone through a series called By Design, God's Design for Marriage, Sex, and Singleness. And today's question is this, can a Christian pursue an interracial marriage? Enjoy. I would say it depends because there's another question that has to be answered first. And that question is this, do they love Jesus? Do they want to make much of God with their lives? Do they submit to the Bible as the final authority? If so, if a partner that you're thinking about marrying, if if you can answer yes to those questions about that partner, then absolutely. Because what matters most is not the ethnicity they belong to but rather what kingdom they belong to. God's children marry God's children, period. Listen to what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14 through 16. The apostle Paul, he writes, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial? Or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? So notice, he says, don't be yoked with unbelievers. And then he gives total opposites, light and darkness, Christ and Belial, which is another name for Satan, uh, righteousness and lawlessness. This is the comparison Paul gives when he's talking about a believer, the possibility of being yoked with an unbeliever. He says, no way. He says, don't be unequally yoked. It's a clear-cut statement. And here's the imagery, right? Yoked is an agricultural term. When a farmer wanted to plow his field, he would take two oxen of equal strength and he would join them together. In other words, he would yoke them together. And here's what happens if the oxen were not of equal strength. The field would not be plowed properly because the strength of one ox would be more dominant and they'd end up veering to the right or to the left. So think of a car being out of alignment driving on the highway. It's not going to stay in the lane it needs to. It's going to veer to the right or to the left. And Paul says... Only be yoked to believers. If you're going to stay on this narrow path following Jesus, if you're going to live as a team making much of him, submitting to the Bible, loving Jesus, you can't do that yoked to someone who doesn't love Jesus. Right? That's righteousness and lawlessness coming together. That's light and darkness. So when you marry someone who's not a Christian, It's sinning against God because you're choosing a partner over God's instruction. When you marry someone who's not a Christian, you're not on the same team because there's only two teams. There's Team God or Team Satan. And if you think that sounds drastic, let me turn your attention to 1 John chapter 3. I'm going to read verses 8 through 10. And listen to what John writes. He says, Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. Let me say that again. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. And the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Verse 9. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning. For God's seed abides in him. and He cannot keep on sinning because he's been born of God. Now listen to verse 10. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. So there's children of God, children of the devil. 
By this, verse 10 again, by this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. So either you have been born again and belong to God and his family and his kingdom, or you belong to Satan. So note the comparison that John makes. You're either a child of God or of Satan. And so when it comes to marriage, God's children marry God's children. God's children don't marry Satan's children. That's why Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 39, a wife is bound to her husband as long as he lives, but if her husband dies, she's free to be married to whom she wishes only in the Lord. So when a spouse dies, the unbreakable bond of marriage dissolves and they can marry again, but if they do, they must belong to the Lord. God's children marry God's children. God's children don't marry Satan's children. <laughs> so can you pursue interracial marriage? That's the question. And the answer is, if that person loves Jesus, then yes. And someone might ask, why then does God seem to forbid interracial marriage for Israel? More often than not, they appeal to Deuteronomy chapter 7. This text is addressed to Israel. I'll read it real fast, verses 1 through 4. This is one of the objections people give to interracial marriage, and this is what the text says. When the Lord your God brings you into the land that you are entering into, take possession of it and clear away the many nations before you, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, seven nations more numerous and mightier than you. And when the Lord your God gives them over to you and you defeat them, then you must devote them to complete destruction. You shall make no covenant with them and show no mercy to them. You shall not intermarry with them, giving your daughters to their sons or taking their daughters for your sons, for they would turn away your sons from following me to serve other gods. All right. So God's word says you got to marry with these seven nations, devote them to complete destruction. But did you catch the reason why he forbids, why God forbids intermarrying with these surrounding nations. It's not ethnic reasons, it's religious reasons. Verse 4 gives the reason. It's to protect undivided devotion to Yahweh. Because God says that if sons and daughters were to marry to those of other nations, the hearts would be turned away from God. They would serve other gods. So this is the reason why they were not to intermarry with other ethnicities. It wasn't ethnic in nature. It was religious in nature. And it was to make sure that Israel's heart was wholehearted, completely devoted to God. In fact, you actually see some interracial marriages in the Old Testament. For example, Moses marries a Cushite woman. Cush is associated with an area in Africa, south of Egypt. Aaron and Miriam actually criticize Moses' marriage in Numbers chapter 12, verse 1, and God does not take their side. God judges Miriam for her grumbling against Moses' marriage by giving her a skin disease. You also have Solomon, who marries Rahab, a Canaanite woman. You also have Ruth, a Moabite woman, who marries Boaz. So that's three examples right there of interracial marriages. So the why behind the prohibition given in Deuteronomy is consistent with the instructions we are given in the New Testament. To ensure that our hearts do not drift away from loving God wholeheartedly and to seek to glorify God in marriages, we marry believers. 
we're free to marry across racial and ethnic lines. And I'll go on to say what a beautiful picture of the gospel this shows to the world. If Jesus displays a covenantal, keeping love that overcomes racial prejudice, breaks down ethnic hostilities that brings people from all tribes and all nations into his family, then there are a few pictures in the world that communicate the beauty of this kind of love than interracial marriages. It's beautiful to be celebrated as long as it's founded on Christ. So can a Christian pursue an interracial marriage? If that person loves Jesus, absolutely. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's discussion around can Christians pursue interracial marriages? Glad you can join us at the King's Table. If you'd like more information or resources from King's Hill Church, you can visit us online at www.kingshillboston.com.